Welcome to Whipple's Press Box Podcast, where we discuss the latest topics in the professional world of sports. Enjoy our exclusive interviews with athletes, coaches, insiders, and fans. And now, here's your host, Gary Whipple. In week one, the Green Bay Packers defense was dreadful. In week two, the Packers defense was okay. In week three, the Packers defense was pretty darn good. Which Packers defense will we be seeing going forward? Welcome. My name is Gary Wolfel, and thanks for joining Packers reporter Rob Reichel and I for another riveting Packers podcast. Hello, Rob. Are you ready for a riveting podcast? Yeah, well, we'll do our best to make it riveting, enlightening, um, educational, all that good stuff. Right, Gary? Wow, that's the full package. <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see if we can deliver. I, I hate to overpromise. Oh, hey, you usually deliver on what you promise. I know that. So anyways, we, we got a, just a uh, slew of topics to uh, talk about today. Uh, I'd like to touch on Mason Crosby and how he, like a fine wine, just keeps getting better with age. Uh, I would like to talk about the enigmatic, say that five times, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. And of course, we'd like to talk about the uh, Packers defense. Uh, Rob, let's start off with the Packers defense. Uh, new defense coordinator Joe Barry took a bashing for the media and Packer Nation after the season opener, but uh, the defense is showing signs of coming around. Uh, your thoughts? Gary, I'm going to throw a quick one by you. Where do you think this defense ranks today? Now, granted, we're only three games in, which in 2021 means we're about a sixth, one-sixth of the way through the season. Well, where do you think these guys rank right now in total defense, Gary? And what do I get if I, uh, I accurately uh, give you the answer? When we can finally go play golf, Gary, uh, I, I will happily treat the first time the cart lady drives around. See what I'm doing if, right now? Right, right now, the, Rob, I'm, get... I'm looking on the internet. <laughs> oh, we look at Gary. No, no cheating. No, I this actually is like, didn't. This, is, we're, this is like 1985, Gary. We don't get to go, uh, you know, to the internet this this is all what's in your head where do okay. they think they are in total d okay so they played three games and i know they were absolute uh train wreck game one but they've been pretty good the last two games i'll say they're in the upper half i'll go nine or ten which one? Oh, i'm in the ballpark <laughs> <laughs> all right now the pressure's out you know what? I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt, you know, against all odds, I'll say nine. Oh my God. We better get to the golf course. Really? They are number nine, Gary, in total defense. Wow. Yeah, no, wow. I mean, I, you, I guess I, I might be. out of the sand trap or what? <laughs> Speaking of sand traps, <laughs> I played on the most gorgeous golf course in Hawaii last week. And I was in the sand trap a lot, Rob. <laughs> but, you probably didn't even care because you were in Hawaii. Oh, ex exactly. But you know what? I, I, I remember, you know, how they bombed out in game one. But the last two games, they've been pretty good. And, and even against Detroit, um, they gave up that touchdown pass. I'm trying to remember who it was, too, where they isolated. Probably the one to Cephas. Yes, yes. And didn't they have a linebacker covering them, as I recall? But uh, other than that, I, I thought they were terrific the other night. So, yeah, no, uh, it is shocking, though. I, 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 without a doubt, it's shocking. Now, Gary, now, Gary, they are number nine in total defense. And remember, even though the Saints scored 35 in that opener, that they didn't have a lot of yards, Gary. There were some short fields that Winston went to, went to work on. His, his passing stats that day weren't great. They actually kept Kamara in check a little bit that game. I mean, they, they had to leave pretty happy with what they did against him. But, Gary, they – you know, so that's the positive right now of this defense. And again, we're, we're barely scratching the surface on the season. We'll know a lot more five or six games in. But Gary, when it comes to total points, they're 24th in points allowed. And, and that's really the only stat that, you know, that's the biggest stat by far. They, they're holding people in check, but they are, you know, they are at least in terms of yardage, but they're giving up way too many points, Gary, you know, 35 against the Saints 28 the other night, even though I, I agree with you. I thought they played pretty well, at least until late of that, of that 49ers game um, on the defensive side of the ball. They're ninth, Gary, in pass defense 
and they're 16th in rushing defense. So, you know, the, the numbers aren't terrible for Joe Barry's defense right now. I mean, I still have a hard time justifying this hire. Uh, and, and I think Matt LaFleur is going to have to answer a lot of questions about his defensive coordinator through the year until proven otherwise that this is a legitimate top 10 level defense because that's what Mike Petton left behind. He left behind the defense that was number nine in, in the league last year, Gary, and, and certainly appeared to be on the uptick that whoever took it over should be able to take it to another level. To me, again, I've said this before, Gary, on the podcast and in some other forums, I, I, I'm not a big fan of going the retread route, which is where they went here with Joe Barry. He's been a two-time loser uh, as a defensive coordinator in the league. Absolutely bombed with the Lions. Didn't, didn't fare a whole lot better with Washington. They have the people. They have the personnel, Gary. I liked the scheme the other night uh, in, in San Francisco. It, it certainly helped that the 49ers didn't have any running backs that uh, were healthy and for the most part available other than Sermon, the rookie out of, out of Ohio State. But, but I think, Gary, if you, know, if you go game by game by game, they are trending in the right direction. Um, Winston and, that, and, and the Saints took it to them a little bit. The Lions had a terrific first half, I thought, against them. And then I thought they were pretty good the other night. Again, and until late when Garoppolo picked them apart on that, what was it, eight-play, 75-yard drive to take the lead with, with, you know, 37 seconds left. I thought, for the most part, Gary, the defense played well. Well, I, I couldn't agree with your assessment more. Uh, in the game against the 49ers in the first half, I, I thought they were exceptional. And it wasn't like they were playing the Lions. They were playing the 49ers. And by the way, can you imagine how fat of a playbook Kyle Shanahan must have? <laughs> I, Incredible. I, I mean, Incredible. it's a, and how would you like to learn that playbook? I mean, especially if you're a quarterback, you got, I'm just venturing, I guess, there's got to be like 300 plays in there. Oh, way, way, way above that. And Gary, I, you know, I, I think week to week, he's he's adding absolute new plays. I mean, you, you take last week, for example, right, when he's down yeah. his top two or three running backs, he, he has to go to Sermon, um, and, and, you know, they're beat up a little bit at the, at the wide receiver position as well and, and stuff like that. You, you look what he incorporated there, right, for the fullback and, and, and jet sweep type of stuff where they give the ball to the wide receiver, the, the fullback clear space so they can get some room for Kittle at various times. Um, no, he's he's remarkable at what he does, Gary. He's as good as it gets in the league uh, in terms of play calling. And and I, I you know, I, I'm a Lafleur guy. I think Green Bay's got the right guy for the next five to ten years uh, in place. But I think Kyle Shanahan's even even more creative, more clever. Uh, his, his schemes are even more dynamic than what Lafleur puts out there on a on a weekly basis, Gary. I mean, San San Francisco's got a, you know certainly a top five coach in the league. Yeah, no, no, again, I agree. Um, you know, getting back to that game, that first half, you know, I, I just couldn't believe how well the Packer defense played. And what, what made it even more remarkable in my mind was that they didn't have Zadarius Smith, who I think is their best defensive player on the field. They didn't have Kevin King, who, whether you like him or not, is still probably the fourth or fifth best defensive back the Packers have. And they were, you know, in control. And uh, you know what, Rob? I thought of you when the uh, special teams fell apart again <laughs> on the kick return. <laughs> I mean, the Packers were in total control of that game. And lo and behold, the unspecial or the not-so-special special teams, you know, delivered and, and allowed uh, San Francisco to get back in the game. Gary, I, I've written it time and time again. Everybody on the beat has written it time and time again. We're, we're talking about a story that dates back to 05, you know, since John Bonamago left as, as the special teams coordinator. There's just, there's just a consistent run of ineptitude. It, it doesn't matter who they bring in, if it's Mike Stock or, or Ron Zook. Or, it, <laughs> it, it just doesn't matter, Gary. Wow. <laughs> it, it doesn't seem like it's going to matter here either with, with Mo Drayton. Um, you know, you're right. I mean, that was, it's 17, nothing. You're about, you're at about a minute till halftime and, and cannon for the 49ers, you know, looks like he shot out of a cannon and brings that kickoff back 68 yards and poor old Mason Crosby at 37 years old has to make a touchdown saving tackle. 
that's not easy for anybody, Gary. It's certainly not easy for a 37-year-old guy like Crosby. I'll tell you what, and we'll get into Crosby, I'm sure, in his game winner. Um, but uh, that, that was a heck of a tackle he made, too. That was, that was a tackle the punter last year could and would not make uh, when, when they had J.K. Scott punting the football. But, uh, no, week in and week out, Gary, it, it's a weak link, and, and they'll, have, they'll have to figure it out because, I mean – it, it's a cliche, obviously, but some of these cliches are called that for a reason and because they're the truth, Gary. I mean, if, if, if they can't succeed in all three phases and all three levels, you know, of, of football here, that they're not going to win a championship. We, we mm -hmm. saw how good they were, Gary, for example, in 2014 on, on offense and defense and then special teams wrecks the game in many ways in, in Seattle in the NFC championship game. And, and there have been a number of examples like that, uh, through the years that that really cost this football team so I, I wouldn't bet that they get it figured out Gary but uh that, that's certainly one of their goals and their challenges here moving forward because we're three weeks in and they don't look any better than they did a year ago yeah you mentioned uh, J.K. Scott correct me if I'm wrong but nobody's picked him up right yeah not that I've seen Gary I, I think he's yeah. floating uh I don't know he may have been your greeter the last time you went to Walmart <laughs> <laughs> Rob comes out firing early today. <laughs> Maybe it was Target, Gary. I can't quite remember. <laughs> yeah, like it matters, right? <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, speaking of where have they gone, our good buddy uh, Mike Lemon said he ran into Petten. I, I, was it at the last game? He was in Probably at the Bears game because he's working for Chicago now. Petten is with oh, Chicago, right? play the Yeah, I don't know where he would have bumped into him then, Gary. Yeah, I'm not sure. Do you know what Petten's doing though for the Bears? Is he like a consultant or what is his title? I think that technically here I I am gonna cheat Gary and uh, gonna Google it. Yeah, they call them a senior defensive assistant, a senior defensive assistant technically with the Bears. So you know probably a lot like you know the Bill O'Briens of the world have now, yeah. right? With yeah. I think he's with Saban, for example, and in Alabama they. They, they take these, you know, former guys that have had great success and, you know, his role is probably semi-limited, but they give him a great title. Well, he might be the head coach uh, if things keep going the way they are in Chicago. We'll, we'll talk about that situation later in the podcast. But, but uh, again, talk about a train wreck. My goodness. The Bears are, are just, you know, in a world of hurt. Yeah, Gary, I just – I want to get back to this Packer win yeah. from Sunday quick for a minute. Sure. You know, and I will get into the NFC North uh, shortly in the later in the podcast. But, you know, I, honestly, I, I thought the most impressive part of that 30-28 win the other night, Gary, was was they stood, you know, Green Bay is kind of known as a finesse team, mm -hmm. um, called soft in a lot of circles. You know, Rogers kind of picks and dissects and carves teams apart, and they've never been overly physical over the last decade or so on the defensive side of the ball. But Gary, honestly, I you know, win or lose even in that game, and and fortunately for them, they win the game. I thought the most impressive part for Green Bay was they stood toe to toe on the playground with one of the league's most physical, big time bullies, uh, a group that can absolutely dominate you physically, certainly on their defensive side of the ball. But then their offensive line, Gary, is extremely physical yes. as well. And and I thought Green Bay took took just as many blows or, or distributed just as many blows as they took or as they received and probably more, you know, with the final blow, obviously coming from Mason Crosby's leg, but you know, Gary, they, they held San Francisco to 67 yards on the ground running in 21 carries. You remember that 2019 champ NFC championship game, uh, which is the last time they went out there, Gary, and San Francisco was healthy and the 49ers went for 285 yards on the ground. Yeah. Great, great point. Great. Yeah. Mostert yep. most had 220 that night, Gary, yes. and four touchdowns. I mean, this was about a quarter of the rushing yards that they allowed Sunday night as, as they did in that 2019 NFC championship game. You know, if, if you looked through Matt LaFleur's losses, Gary, you know, San Francisco twice, in 2019 absolutely beat the crap out of them physically san diego did in that 26 11 game uh that that they played out there green bay's offense got nothing going because the the, the chargers um defense beat them up they lost that year to philly and philly won the physical battle certainly with their defensive front four then i go to last year gary 
you know, Tampa beats them twice and absolutely wins the game in terms of physicality. Uh, Minnesota, that was a little more of an aberration and a fluke. Cook went nuts that night or that day at Lambeau. I think it was a 28-22 game. And then, it, you know, they lost the physical battle to Indianapolis last year, Gary, which was their other loss, that 34-31 game that went that went to overtime. And, and then we obviously circled the opener here, the 35-3 game this year to the Saints, um, and, and, and they totally got their tails whipped uh, from a physical standpoint in, in that game. I mean, Gary, Matt LaFleur is 30-9 and nine as a head coach counting playoffs, and I could easily say that in seven of those losses, without question, Green Bay was dominated physically. Well, that's the one hurdle to me, Gary, they have to take. If, if they're going to compete in this league, you know, for Super Bowls with the Buccaneers, with the Rams, with whoever comes out of the AFC, Buffalo's extremely physical, for example, the Chiefs are tough enough on on that side of the ball when on, on the defensive side of the ball when they're healthy. Whoever it turns out to be, Gary, you know, and the, the 49ers are without without a doubt one of the three to five most physical teams in the league. The Packers have to find a way to match that, and they did Sunday night. That's a huge hurdle for them, Gary. And I, you know, I I was extremely impressed uh, with how they were able to stand up every time San Francisco punched them in the mouth. They punched back, and that hasn't always been the case with with the Packers and certainly Aaron Rodgers led Packers teams, a lot of times they wilt. And that wasn't the case Sunday. And, you know, that's a great, great observation, you know, but, you, but you're up, yeah, absolutely right. Um, what do you think prompted this sudden tur- turnaround? And you know what, going up against Pittsburgh on Sunday, you know, Sunday, they're, they're going to have to play that kind of physical brand of ball again, but what's your gut feeling as to why all of a sudden the Packers found this uh, newfound physicality. Well, Gary, I think for, you know, I, I think a couple of personnel changes are going to end up working out. Okay. For these guys. I, I, I think they've got their best inside linebacker in several years in, in Devondre Campbell, who's already got, who's already has 31 tackles. You know, I, I think he's forced a fumble, recovered a fumble. I think he has an interception. He brings a level of physicality to that group that, you know, for example, Kirksey didn't do last year. Uh, Blake Martinez didn't have. A.J. Mm-hmm. Hawk didn't have. You know, I, Martinez and Hawk were okay players, Gary, but and, and they'd always show up with 10 tackles a game, but they were five, six, eight, ten 10 yards downfield. Right. And, um, you know, Kirksey was in and out of the lineup last year and certainly, you know, didn't work out the way anybody hoped it would for him. This Campbell, for example, Gary, does, does just brings a new element, I think, of toughness. And now he's, you know, he's kind of calling the defense. And I think that's rubbing off on on some guys. Um, Jair Alexander, as little as he is, Gary, is one tough SOB. He and, is. Uh, and he, he goes out that. and beats his tail off. And and you saw that the other night. I mean, he's, you know, he's involved in, in a lot of plays, Gary, where physicality was, was important. And, and Gary, you know, I... I think the other personnel move um, that really is going to work out for these guys, and and I I'd be shocked now if he doesn't stay in the lineup, is the rookie Eric Stokes, who competes like a mother. And um, I know he was dinged Gary for a couple PIs in that game, and and they were subjective, and um, you know I but it is what it is. Those are the calls. Mm-hmm. I I thought just got a couple of gift uh, pass interference calls, you know, throwing the ball up and just lobbing it deep for Adams. And they threw the flag once or twice there as well. But boy, Gary, this, this Stokes is right in your hip pocket the entire way. You, you think you've got a little bit of separation three, four yards on this guy. And when, when you run like he does in that four, three range, high mid to high four threes, can he close gaps in a hurry, Gary? And he, and he did that again the other night. Um, I think he's going to be a huge upgrade for them from Kevin King. I thought the defensive line showed up the other night. Now, Gary, you know, you, you say what prompted this. It was one night, right? Let's see it come Sunday against Pittsburgh. They're going to go to Cincinnati, which I think is a total trap game uh, the week after that. And, and the Bengals are a physical group. They have the bears in week six, right? Mm-hmm. They, 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 they've, they've got a brutal first nine games, Gary, that also includes road trips, right to Arizona and to Kansas city and a home game against Washington, which is extremely physical. If they can maintain this level of physicality, Gary, moving forward, they're going to win a lot of football games, but the knock on them through the league, the last several years is, is punch green Bay in the mouth, 
they don't punch back and that's how you beat these guys and they showed the other night maybe that's not the blueprint right now to beating them well i'll tell you what speaking of blueprints the uh, packers got it right when it comes to their kicking game uh when, when they drafted mason crosby and, and decided to stick with him through a rough time what, what was that about six years ago where he really struggled and to make like 65 percent of his field goal attempts and you know the packers stuck with him and my goodness, the guy's 37 years old and, get, you know, <laughs> looks like he uh, is just starting his career instead of ending it. Yeah, Gary, that was 2012. He was 21 of 33, which is about 63.6%. Okay. He was far and away, Gary. Not, I mean, not even close. I, he, he was far and away number 32 in the league that year. I think I remember writing it at the time, Gary, I think 31 was like 75%. You know, wow. he was 10, 12% behind yeah. number 31 in the league. And I remember Gary going to a game that year in Chicago and the Packers reached the 20 a couple different times and had fourth downs. And it was clear at that point in the game, it made sense to kick the field goal and, you know, turn a 10, three lead, for example, into a 13-3 lead, right? Or a 20 to 7 lead into a 23-7, whatever this, whatever the number was, Gary. And both times, Mike McCarthy passed on the field goal and he went for it on fourth down. Now, no one's gonna call Mike McCarthy a genius when it comes to play calling and clock management or any of that kind of stuff, Gary. But this to me at that point in time was him telling Ted Thompson, get me a new kicker. And this was early December. Crosby was in the midst of just a brutal, brutal season. And Ted Thompson never wavered, Gary. He never got a different kicker. Whatever it was that McCarthy and Ted had going on at that point in time, they got it figured out, and McCarthy started using Crosby again. But you could tell, Gary, 12, 13, 14 weeks into that 2012 season, Mike McCarthy had lost all confidence and faith in Mason Crosby. And... Now, he, he's gone on, and he's absolutely regained all that trust. I remember, Gary, the following summer, the, they had all these huge kicking competitions. They brought yeah, in a couple different exactly. guys to challenge yep. Crosby for his job. Yeah. <clears throat> they did it again, Gary, after 2018. You remember when he went one for five in that game against Detroit. Um, but we're talking top to bottom, far and away the best kicker this franchise has ever had in any category, in any statistical way you want to measure it. He's – you know, he's going to wind up scoring twice as many career points, Gary, as anybody in the history of the organization when it, when he's all said and done. Um, I'm just looking here, Gary. He's 4 of 4 this year. He was 16 of 16 last year and then hit all four in the playoffs, so that's 20 in a row. Uh, last year, the four this year is 24. His last miss, Gary, was December 29 of 2019. <laughs> so we are talking almost uh -oh. two full calendar years, you know, there, 21 there's a months. Kiss of death. <laughs> 21 months, this guy's missed a kick. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's unbelievable. I think he's, I think he's 25 or 26 in a row, uh, dating back to that game in late December, Gary, of 26 2019. In a row? Yes. Wow. And we're, you know, that's counting playoffs. He was four or yeah. four in the playoffs last year, you know, in the, in those, in the Rams and the Tampa Bay game. You know, we're talking about a guy, Gary, who was on unbelievably thin ice a couple different times, and, and he found a way to, to stave off the competition. I remember, you know, he reworked his contract the one time, Gary, and he, he was kind of on a prove-it one-year deal where he had to hit X amount of kicks and stuff like that to get all his money back, and he did it. I mean, credit to Mason Crosby, but he, he is far and away, and he will go down as the greatest kicker in, in franchise history. Gary, he's made a ton of huge kicks, and that one he made from 51 yards on Sunday night certainly ranks in the top five or top ten because you know how this stuff goes, Gary, especially at the start of the year. Take the Lions, for example, that, you know, Justin Tucker hits the 66-yarder against mm -hmm. them in that, in that game on Sunday. The Lions could have had a little bit of life, Gary, right? Been one and two, felt pretty good about their program, where they're headed. Um, now, all of a sudden, they're 0-3. Gary, when you take a handful of gut punches early in the season, those are hard to come back from. And, and, you know, you take two or three of those, and now all of a sudden your year goes south in a hurry. 
I mean, that uh, Green Bay was one, you know, one play away, right, from being one and two and sitting there with, with Chicago and Minnesota inside the NFC North, um, you know, and, and, in, a, in a lousy, lousy division tied, tied for the lead. Uh, instead, they have the lead there, and, and they're tied now with, with the Tampa Bays of the world, the San Francisco's of the world, the Saints of the world. So uh, that kick, Gary, changed a lot of things the other night. It could change a lot of things. When we start looking in December and January with playoff positioning, that head-to-head against San Francisco, Gary, is is almost like a two-game swing. So what Mason Crosby did for them the other night, Gary, was enormous. Two quick questions. Crosby's 37 years old. Is he the oldest kicker? I, I believe he is. I, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head who's older. I'm going to guess Gary there's a couple that are older that's a great question I don't know that answer yeah. you know um yeah. I think Vinatieri kicked till a year or two ago right he was right. in his 40s exactly Jason Hansen had hit his 40s um with the Lions five six years back um Robbie Gold's been around a long time right with San Francisco yeah I would I would think Robbie Gold's in you know into into his mid or late 30s it's a great question though Gary well I'll, I'll look it up when we're done all right, beautiful. The other thing, uh, is he a Hall of Famer? He, he had some rough stretches, obviously, in his career. But what he's done, uh, again, over the course of his career is pretty remarkable. Um, what is he, like 44, I think, of 46 in his last three seasons? That what it is, Gary? Yeah, that's fantastic. That's remarkable. I mean, that, that that's off the charts, you, you know, for yeah. any kicker in today's era. Um so I, I don't know. Would you put him in the Hall of Fame at this point? Well, Gary, he's only – here's the thing that's going to hurt him, Gary. His first four years in the league, he was under 80%, mm-hmm. okay? Then, then he hits 86% in 2011, and then he drops all the way down to 63% in 2012. So five of his first six years, Gary, he's under 80. Um, and he's actually today even only 819 the barometer these days that a lot of special teams coaches and front offices look for in kickers. And this is indoors, certainly more than outdoors. Crosby gets a little, little bit of a break because of weather and, and the elements in terms of where he's playing right now, but you want at least high eighties and 90%, you know, accuracy from your kicker. This isn't like back in the day, yeah. even of a Jan Stenerud, for example, Gary, where if Jan Stenerud made three out of four, they, you know, they throw him a parade. Uh, through through Green Bay, it, it, it's just not that way today. You need nine out of ten from your kicker, eighty five percent plus. And if you're under that, there a lot of times they're looking to replace you. And and that's what's largely saved Crosby's career, Gary. You know, I you know I'm just looking here again, a hundred percent so far to start this year, a hundred percent to start in all of 2020, and ninety two percent in 2019. You know, out of the last Gary eight years, no, make it nine years. He's only had one year under 80%. Yeah. And out of his first six years, Gary, five of the six went under 80%. So this guy is getting better and better and dramatically better, even with age, Gary. But I think at the end of the day, 82%, you've got to be a 10-time pro. You know, they don't put yeah, many kickers yeah. in the Hall of Fame, Gary. You've got to be a 6 8 10-time pro bowler to wind up in, in the hall of fame. And if I might be wrong, Gary, but I think the only time Crosby's ever gone, uh, even to the pro bowl was in 2020 last year. I think that was his first time. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's not like they put kickers into the hall of fame on a regular basis either. <laughs> I, right. I mean, you, you gotta be extraordinary to get into the hall of fame as a kicker. You've got to be Adam Vinatieri, don't you, Gary? Oh, I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. Multiple super bowls, you know, huge kick in the snow in the tuck game, for example, you know, just, plays like that that are all-time legendary memorable games and you know he, he's a guy then that went to Indy and kicked just as well there if not better as he sure. as he did for all those years with Belichick I mean it's those kind of kickers that wind up in the Hall of Fame maybe a Jason Hansen I you know Mason Crosby is obviously a Packer Hall of Famer that, that that's yeah, a no that trainer. saying yeah yeah um, yeah, yeah I mean yeah. That, that that's an easy one but I, I don't see him in the pro football one though Gary well, I, I found your comment about him being the Packers' greatest kicker, and you're, you're probably right. The Packers have, have had some pretty darn good kickers. I mean, uh, Chris Jackie, Chester Markle, to name a few, Jerry Kramer. <laughs> Ryan, Lo- 
Ryan Longwell was an outstanding kicker. Gary. Yes. Jan Stenerud had a three, four year run in Green Bay in the 80s, Gary. Yes. He's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, but that's largely what he did all those years with the Chiefs. Correct. Correct. But uh, yeah. You're right, though. They've had a great run of kickers here. I threw in Jerry Kramer for laughs. I mean, what did he get? He made like what 50% of his field goal attempts or whatever, but I mean, talk about a totally different era. You know, it's amazing how the kicking game is coming around, you know, while Mason Crosby has been remarkably consistent. uh, We can't say the same thing for Marquez Valdez Scantling. Uh, He's been a model of inconsistency and, um, you know, last year in the NFC championship game, I, I thought he played a great game. I think he had like 110 yards catching, and he had a 50 yard reception. And, and then all of a sudden it was like, he totally disappeared in game one, totally disappeared in game two. He had three catches through the first two games this year, which is, which is horrible, but he showed up, uh, against the 49ers. He was huge. Uh, what, what, again, what's your take on uh, MVS? It's year four, Gary, and by now you kind of are who you are. I mean, he's, yeah. he's a guy that you just can't cons- you know, trust week in and week out. He's not consistent enough. He never has been. He, he had another outstanding summer, and everybody starts to go bongos about the fact that, right, he beats Josh Jackson on a, on a Wednesday in training camp and, yeah. and everybody wants to run to their laptops and, <laughs> and write these stories, how, you know, he, he's going to earn this big time contract. It's a contract year, Gary. And, and I, and I wouldn't give him one. I mean, that I know he brings a speed element to your football team, but you look around the national football league, Gary, there's, there's fast receivers in every city guys that, that can run and guys that can run the full route tree. That's the thing. MVS can't do that still in year four at 25, 26 years old, Gary. You can't ask him to run the same type of routes in a full route tree like a Devontae Adams can do, um, like like guys can do in, in most cities, Hopkins in Arizona. I mean, everybody's got one, Keenan Allen in, in San Diego. By this point in time, Gary, I mean, the guy, again, the, the, the guy is who he is. He's, he's, kind, of a, he's kind of a one-trick pony. You send him down the field to, to draw the double team, to draw the corner and the safety and maybe clear some space. And, and there it is, but Gary, he's got six catches now in three weeks. And, you know, I, the great, a great catch on the touchdown the other night, or even better football that Rogers threw, um, on, you know, on that play, but he's on pace Gary for, well, I guess we're 17 games now. So 34 catches this particular season, a guy in year four, Gary, you, I, I, I don't know. He, he's yeah. going to come to a contract. I, I, I don't think Green Bay can invest the money in him. They've already got sal- yeah, salary cap issues like nobody will believe come the end of this season. I think they're going to turn it over at wide receiver and, and, and start fresh at that position when they start fresh with Jordan Love. And whether Adams is part of that group or not, I, I guess remains to be seen. But, but Gary, I mean, if they're going to get all these draft picks for Rodgers – maybe get some draft picks for Devonte Adams if they decide to move him as well. I would, I would start from, from ground zero at my wide receiver position as well. And just give Jordan love a totally new group of wide receivers to grow up with and, and get better with. And, and, you know, you're going to take some lumps in 2022 then Gary, but by 2023 and beyond, um, you know, I think the future is bright. You, you, you see, for example, I, I always go back to this Gary and, and maybe he's he's an aberration, certainly more, more than a norm. But Minnesota decides to move on from Diggs, right, after what mm-hmm. was it, the 19th season. Far, far and away their best wide receiver, one of the top five to ten in the game. And they draft Justin Jefferson, and they hit a home run in the draft there in, in 2020. I mean, Gary, he's, you know, he, he, he's a rookie of the year type player last season. He's going to be in the running to lead the league this year in catches. Gary, there are, there are five to 10 receivers now every single year that come out of college and make an immediate impact uh, because they, they've gone to such passing uh, yeah. styles in, in, in college football that these, these guys are NFL ready. It's not wait till year three anymore like it was in the 80s and the 90s. These guys can come in and make a splash immediately. So, Gary, if I'm Green Bay and now, and now you've got, let's even say next season, you've got six picks in the first three rounds. 
I'm using three of those on wide receivers and, and just starting and starting over and starting, starting from scratch with young guys that are going to, you would hope two out of three turn into studs uh, for Jordan love. MVS is never going to turn into that kind of player, Gary, like you said, enigmatic, um, just inconsistent, a guy you can't count on a guy you can't trust. I mean, I don't want to throw the ball to him if I'm Rogers in the biggest moment of the game. And yeah. um, you know, by now again, Gary, in, in year four, if you haven't earned that trust, you're probably never going to earn it. Yeah. You, you, you were talking about uh, Justin Jefferson before with, with the Vikings. He, he played at LSU, right? Correct. Did you see the latest contribution from LSU to the NFL? Jamar Chase. Pretty he's, he's good player, isn't he? He's a great, <laughs> he is. You know, Packer fans will get, get to see him. I don't. And it's like, what are they doing down to LSU to create these uh, exceptional wide receivers? Don't, the Packers played the Bengals, what, in two weeks? Two weeks, yes, sir. Yeah, so, you know, Packer fans will get a chance to see him there, but he, he looks fantastic already, uh, kind of like uh, Jefferson was last year for the Vikings. So, um, so well, Gary, 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 just take those, Gary, just take those Bengals, for example, when I talk turning it over, right? Yeah, yeah. Last year, they used a second-round pick on T. Higgins. This year, they used the number five or six pick in the draft. I forget which one it was to go ahead and take Chase. Someone, you know, a couple, couple of young studs to, pay, to, to pair with Joe Burrow. They already had Tyler Boyd, you know, a, a, a young guy. I think he's in about year three or four that that they were that they were growing with, and now they've got you know a pretty darn dynamic passing offense that quickly. And and you saw it with Denver, Gary. They you know they did that when they they went all in on wide receivers over the last two or three years. That's something I think Green Bay is going to do because you look at that group right now. You know, I don't think Lazard is a long time answer long-term answer other than maybe being a four or a five and, and a really good blocker. I, I think Adams is going to want out of town, Gary. And, and if they're, if they're kind of reloading or rebuilding a year from now, I don't know that they want to give a wide receiver $30 million. They might just take what they can get for Devonte Adams a, a year from now. MVS will certainly be in that category. We know Randall Cobb won't be back. Gary, it wouldn't shock me if a year from now, the only wide receiver on the roster that's here today is Amari Rogers, you know, the young kid. Yeah, there you go. Good, good, good point again. Um, hey, I, I'm sure you saw this, but uh, Josh Gordon was available and he ends up going to Kansas City. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you what, Rob, if somebody would have asked me the other day, where's Josh Gordon going? Kansas City would have been the last <laughs> team, you know what I mean? But, but these teams just load up, you know, kind of like Tampa Bay did last year with its uh, receiving car and I'll be very, very curious to see what kind of impact uh, Gordon has with the Chiefs. Gary, I sat here with you last year and I told you Antonio Brown would have no impact at the end of the day with Tom Brady and, and the Buccaneers, and I could not have been more wrong. Um, everybody is now following, if they can, that Tampa Bay model and blueprint. Like, you, you drilled it right there. You know, all these guys want to go and play with, with Tom Brady. Last year it was Gronk and Fournette. And, and Antonio Brown and, and people like that. And now, Gary, I see this morning, it sounds like Richard Sherman might end up down in Tampa Bay because they're having so many issues at cornerback in terms of injuries and things like that. Yeah. These older veterans want to follow Tom. Well, they're also going to want to go, they're going to want to play with Patrick Mahomes. Right. And Gary, everybody thinks Kansas City has this remarkable offense, and they, and they do, but it is kind of two-tiered right now. It's, it's get the ball to Hill or get the ball to Kelsey – and after that, Gary, I mean, they lost Sammy Watkins, and they haven't had anybody really step into that other role. So they're gonna they're gonna roll the dice and take a chance here on a guy like Gordon, uh, because some of these other guys, like you know Pringle or whoever it is, haven't haven't really stepped up and delivered. So this is kind of the new NFL. I mean, a little bit like the NBA, right, mm -hmm. where stars Very follow so. stars, and especially these older guys who might have a a year or two left and and want, want to try to chase a title on the way out the door. That, that's obviously where Josh Gordon is. And, and, and Gary, I mean, if, if you're him, why wouldn't you want to go to Kansas City, right? No, no, and, no, no question. I, you know, I, I'd be curious. Do you, do you think that the Packers showed any interest in him? 1%, Gary. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's just not yeah. the Green Bay way yes. to, 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 to go out and, and do those kind of things. I, I'd say 0% of Ted Thompson was still in charge, Gary. Um, but with, with Gutekunst, you know, maybe a 5% chance 
chance. Maybe they kicked the tires on it a little bit, but uh, it again, that's the only time I can remember them taking a flyer on a guy with with a real troubled background Gary in the last 15 or 20 years remember they they went after Corn Robinson um hey. and, and brought him in and what was that at about 05 when they and I think that was the year um Javon Walker blew out his knee and they they had such a desperate need at wide receiver I I don't think Gary they they see themselves right now having having a desperate need at, at wide receiver but but Gary I, I'll tell you what I, you know, I, I might disagree with that a little bit right now. Devonte Adams leads them in, in catches among the wide receivers. This is Gary with 25. And then number two is MVS with six. Rob, Adams you, Gary has more than four yeah. times the receptions that the number two wide receiver has. They are, they are so remarkably one dimensional. And you even saw that in the, in the two minute drive or the 37 second drive the other night against the 49ers, right? Gary, He's only got eyes for Adams and that killed them last year in the NFC championship game when people took Devonte away. And at some point in time, Gary, you wonder if it's going to catch up to him again. Yeah. I mean, Rogers even made that comment after the game that he was looking for Tay, uh, you know, he, he's got to get off that. <laughs> he's got to get off that mentality though. You, you got to throw it to the open guy, pure and simple. And uh, you know, it, for the most part it's worked, but in, in the end, that's going to catch up with you. But I agree with you. If I'm Brian Gutekunst, if I make one trade at the deadline, it's for a veteran receiver, somebody to augment Adams. Uh, I just don't have a lot of faith in the other two guys, Lazard or uh, MVS. So, uh, and, and Gary, you're not the only one. The quarterback clearly doesn't have faith either because he doesn't even look in their direction. There were a number of times even the other night, Gary, that, that Tunyon has run wide open at various points in time and 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 Rodgers is still staring down Adams um yes, yes. You know, uh, Adams Gary has 34 targets then the next highest on the team is 16 again so so more than double and and, and he stares him down he looks in that direction I mean Gary even New Orleans you know when, when they stuck a stud corner on him and a safety and took him out of the game you saw what that did to Green Bay's offense right because right. absolutely you know, so, wasn't patient enough to stay with Aaron Jones in that game and Rodgers didn't throw enough to the other guys Tampa Bay did it in the NFC title game um at some point in time Gary and believe me I think Devontae Adams is every bit as good you know I, I always think back to when Brett Favre showed up in the early 90s Gary and 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 he was locked on to Sterling Sharp for 15 throws a game right and and he finally outgrew that and that's when this team became a a Super Bowl championship uh champion team but, you know, it, it's almost like Rodgers has gone the other direction. For years, he spread the ball around. Now he's so locked into Adams that you, you wonder why these other guys are even running routes. But, uh, you know, it, it does remind me a lot of, of the Favre-Sharp relationship in that 93-94 range in terms of what Rodgers has going on right now with Adams. And he's going to have to spread the ball around, Gary, because any good defensive coordinator worth of salt can take away one guy. And, and I'm with you, Gary. I, I don't think Lazard gets you over the hump. Cobb clearly doesn't get you over the hump. Um, I don't think MVS gets you over the hump. And, I, and, and if I'm good at Kunst, Gary, not only do I trade for one of those guys, I do it in the next 10 to 14 days just to, you know, you can already circle, Gary, after this week, we'll be about a quarter of the way into the season. You can probably go circle eight teams that have really no realistic chance of, of exactly. doing a whole heck of a lot exactly. this season, right? Yep. There are going to be those kind of teams already. Even a team, Gary, like Indianapolis, who I thought was going to be a, a really good team, has a chance to go to 0-4 this week. Maybe you steal one of their guys. I mean, there, there are going to be a lot of guys available in the next 10 to 14 days, Gary. You know, older guys, like you said, veteran wide receivers, that I think could give this group a boost. And, and I'm with you totally. I think they need to go find one of those guys because Rogers clearly doesn't trust his number two, three, four options. Yeah. Let's uh, let, let's move along and do some real quick hits here on a, on a few topics, Rob, before we wrap it up, just three games into the season. <laughs> Incredibly, there's only five teams undefeated and the Kansas city chase who some people were writing at after the first game would go unbeaten, you know, are one and two. Uh, parody. I mean, we, we've been saying this for years now is alive and well in the NFL, but 
it really makes things interesting. Well, first off here, Gary, props to you for jumping on that Raiders bandwagon when, when nobody else was on that Las Vegas Raider bandwagon at the start of the season. And I want to say you put them in the, in the AFC title game, didn't you? Uh, I went one step further, Rob, <laughs> in well, the, Super Bowl. the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. yeah and, and, you know, again, that's a long shot. But I, I really like where this team is headed. I mean, their, their offense is probably as good as any offense in the NFL. And they're young, and, and they're learning, and the upside is still there. And, uh, you know, playing for Gruden, I mean, he knows how to win a Super Bowl, right? And uh, he, he's definitely got that team headed in the right direction. Yeah, I, I'll be honest. I, I didn't see that coming. But, you know, to your bigger point, they're the parity in the league. You're, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, I remember all these prop bets at the start of the year. You know, will the Chiefs go unbeaten? Will the Buccaneers go unbeaten, et cetera, yeah, et cetera. Right. Um, you know, here they are right now, Gary, right? Combined, they're three and three. You're, you're Super Bowl participants from, from a year ago. Um, the Rams look to be, to me at least, again, Gary, early on to be the best team in the league. Uh, but th this thing is going to be wide open. There are, there are 10 to 12 teams that can win it. On the flip side, Gary, again, I think within a week or two, there's 10 to 12 teams that are already out of it. You might, you might Gary, be able to say in two weeks when Pittsburgh could be one and four that they're already out of it. And, and you look at that roster, and they've got wide receivers everywhere. They just don't have a quarterback anymore who can get it done. Um, maybe you go and fleece them for one of those wide receivers. And, you know, if you're good at Kunst and the Packers, but that's what makes this sport so great, Gary, you know, every, every week there's, what do we have? 16 games a week. If we're not having buys, I, it, it Gary, doesn't it feel like eight to 10 of them come down to the final two minutes and yeah, and that, that yeah, you know, it, that's it, what it, viewers on the edge of their seats. We, we don't get 37 to three games. We, we don't get 30 to 17 games for the most part. There's, these are all one score games that they all swing on, you know, a turnover here, uh, a big play there. All, all these coaches say it and they're right, Gary, every single week, you take three plays and turn them the other way. And, and, and odds are that, you know, the other team's going to win the football game. And that, that's what makes this league so great, Gary. And um, it, we're already on track three weeks in, you know, for, for again, one of the best years that, that this league has seen in, in forever. We could probably spend, you know, hours on the next topic, the Chicago Bears. And um, <laughs> I, I don't know if you had a chance to watch uh, the Bears on Sunday, but I, I just felt so badly for Justin Fields. I mean, <clears throat> he's thrown into an extremely tough uh, situation. and um, It seems like they just don't have a clue as to what's going on down there. Gary, it, it, you know, just every, I, I did watch a chunk of it. Uh, everything I read and saw yesterday, you know, kind of indicates that the head coach just didn't do him any favors. I mean, he, he didn't put anything play specific into the game plan for mm -hmm. Justin Fields. I mean, he, he didn't adjust or tinker or toy with any of the stuff he was running for Andy Dalton. And I mean, Gary, just, I mean, just think about it. That's there. There's so, so, there's such two dramatically different football players, right? It's, it's almost like saying, all right, I have JJ Redick as, as a two guard and I have Michael Jordan as a two guard, but I'm going to do the exact same thing, right. For, for, for both guys in, in inside this offense. I mean, yeah, Dalton is yeah. a pocket passer. He's seen everything over the last 10 to 15 years fields is best out of the pocket on the move. Um, and they designed nothing for him, Gary, from, from that perspective. So, you know, I, I, I know that the seat is incredibly hot for Nagy. It, it should be. Um, they've got all three guys now, Gary, heading into this week, in, in, in looking at a wide-open quarterback competition again. Nick Foles is now in the discussion. Um, well, I mean, you want, that, you want to talk about a mess that yeah. they have going on down there. They're, they're, you know, they don't know if it's going to be Dalton Fields or Foles. Um, again, I, I think their defense is – it, it feels to me, Gary, almost a lot like Wisconsin Badger football. You can only ask the I was waiting so for that much. analogy to pop up. <laughs> and, and, and eventually, you know, the offensive side of the ball and the quarterback have to do something semi-productive to help out the other side of the ball. I mean, you felt your heart your heart broke for Jim Lettern and his side of the ball the other day. That 
somebody looks at that and says 41 points, right? And yeah. and you would think Notre Dame went up and down the field against that defense, um, and and nothing could have been further from the truth. And and that's almost what they've got going on right now in Chicago. You know, I I thought Fields was the guy, Gary, who could save the job for for Ryan Pace and and for Nagy. Um, it, it, it's not going to happen. It, it doesn't look like he's not ready to go win nine, 10, 11 football games. They're not smart enough in terms of a coaching staff to find a way to get it done with veterans. And, and, and I would certainly anticipate there's a new coach in Chicago come January. Yeah. Yeah. You, uh, threw a, threw a trivia question at me, uh, at the outset of the show. I, I'm going to come back with one for you now. How many times do you think Justin Fields has been sacked already? So it was nine on Sunday, correct? <laughs> Can you believe that nine? <laughs> Unbelievable. I mean, that's uh, it, that, that's just, laughable. You know what I mean? I'd have to I'd have yeah. to look it up, Gary. But yeah. I I know Rogers was under twenty last year. I think he was like seventeen. You know, so so in one game, yeah, Fields hey, gets half hey. of what Rogers got last year in a full season. Um, Eleven, 11 <laughs> times this year. Only had spot duty. I mean, most of that was done. I'm gonna guess twelve, Gary. Yeah, that, yeah, good guess. It was eleven times. Now, okay. now, you know, just to to me, this is an illustration of how tough it is for a rookie to come into the NFL. Okay, yeah, you were right about Rodgers. I think he got sacked twenty times last year, right? Zach Wilson, who everybody was sky high on coming into the season, the rookie for the <laughs> Jets, right? He has been sacked, Rob. Get this, fifteen times. <laughs> well what, what does that do to your psyche i mean every time you go back to pass you're you're you know thinking you're, you're going to get hit i mean just a bad situation okay gary you remember what was it better part of 20 years ago now right when when the texans took Carr with the first pick in the draft yeah. and yeah. and they had nothing around him and i think that first year he was sacked like 70 times i mean it was just an astronomically ridiculous number and i mean his, his career was never really the same it, it never got off the ground because he was on the ground you know time and yeah. time again i i've said this forever i mean if, if aaron Rodgers and aaron Rodgers wanted to go to san francisco desperately but but alex smith couldn't save his career or even start his career almost until he got out of San Francisco. Those first three or four years were absolutely miserable. That 05 season when Mike McCarthy was the OC, the offensive coordinator, I mean, San Francisco with Alex Smith ranked dead last in almost every offensive category there was. And that's what Aaron Rodgers would have been walking into. I mean, he would have been on the ground 50 or 60 times um, had, had he been the 49ers quarterback instead of sitting and learning. And then you wonder what his career trajectory and career path are like if he winds up in San Francisco. So, you know, yeah, I mean, Gary, some of these rookie quarterbacks, I mean, I there were five taken in the first round. Um, is Mac Jones the only one with, with a win maybe right now? Right Fields doesn't have any. Lawrence doesn't have any. Um, Wilson doesn't have any. Who am I forgetting? Yeah, Jones was the fifth. Um, it, yeah. it, it it's irrelevant. My my whole point is these these rookie quarterbacks really have it tough in these situations they come into. They're not coming to good franchises, right? I mean, these guys wouldn't right. be picking one, two, three, six, nine, whatever. Um, you know, if, if the organization was was in good shape, and um, you know, and then you take a guy Gary like Sam Darnold, who they threw out of New York, and now he's three and all with Carolina, right? So. A lot of times for these quarterbacks, it's it, it, not a lot of times. I mean, all of the time. What are those other 21 starters around you like? What are those pieces like that you're playing with week in and week out? And right now the Jets have no talent. The Jaguars have no talent. The Bears don't have a whole lot on, on offense. I think New England thought they could just plug Mac Jones in there, Gary. And, and they, they have a dominant offensive line and a really good defense, and they find a way to win 10 to 12 games. I kind of bought into that in the preseason myself, Gary, especially after they dumped Cam Newton. But it just doesn't work that way. It's, it's just, you, you know, it's going to take these young guys a couple of years. I think that's why, Gary, at the end of the day, Jordan Love sitting here for a couple of years has a chance to come in, you know, 12 months from now and already be the best quarterback in the division. And, you know, the one, one guy we didn't mention is Trey Lance, the 49ers. There you go. Trey Lance is the guy I forgot. And, yep. and, and you know what, Rob, to, to your point, 
I think Trey Lance is in, in the ideal situation, and I think Shanahan is using him really brilliantly. Like he's throwing him in at certain points of the game, so he's giving him an opportunity to get the feel of the game, right? Um, he, he's not force-feeding him. He's letting him develop gradually, and I think that's the kid that down the road is going to be very, very good. No, I, I, I totally agree, Gary. I, I still say – and, and I get it. The, a lot of these teams want to rush guys through, but they're, you know, Andrew Luck, for example, came in and won 11 games as a rookie. That's a once in a decade kind of a player. Um, Justin Herbert had a terrific rookie season last year, right? Gary, he set a lot of records. What were the, what were the chargers? I want to say five and 11, something to that effect. And then they whacked mm-hmm. their head coach. It's extremely hard for a 21, 22-year-old kid to come into that league and win a lot of games. To me, Gary, the best blueprint is still to sit for at least a year. Three, like they did with Rodgers these days, is too long. I get it. You know, teams don't have that kind of patience to let a first-round quarterback sit on the bench until his fourth season. You know, but I think this is going to work out perfectly for Green Bay in terms of the amount of time they let Jordan Love sit. Um, There will be no excuses next year, you know, I mean, other than the fact he hasn't played in a couple seasons and he's going to be a little bit rusty. Um, But if you can let a couple, if you can let these guys sit Gary for a year, I think that's the best solution possible to set up future success. The problem is in places like Jacksonville and the jets, they just don't have those options and you're seeing what's going to happen, right? Those same exact teams are going to be back in the hunt for the number one pick again in 2021. Yeah. Yeah. No, again, I agree. Um, one, one last thing I, I want to make about, uh, comment I want to make about the NFL a couple of years ago, everybody was all over Kirk cousins. You know, everybody wanted him out of Minnesota. They thought he was a, you know, run of the mill quarterback, nothing special, but, uh, I, I don't know if you've been noticing this Rob, but Kirk cousins has thrown eight touchdown passes this season so far, no interceptions. And I didn't give the Vikings much of a chance to do anything this season. And I, I, I still kind of lean that way. But my goodness, when you got Thielen, you got uh, Jefferson or uh, the rookie, what's his name again? I got brain locked. Yeah, Je- huh? Jefferson's the second year guy out of yeah, yeah, Jefferson, you know, they got a chance, you know, with, with those three. They, they got some weapons. And, but my point is, Kirk Cousins is off to a terrific start. I'll say this though, Gary, and, and he is, you know, I've always put cousins in that 12 to 16 range of quarterbacks, right? Yes. Yeah. Probably not the guy who on his own is going to ever get you to a Super Bowl, but he's good enough to win you 10, 11 games. If you surround him with enough good people, there's not many teams in this league, Gary, that have wide receiver duos. Like he does, like you said, with Thielen and Jefferson, oh, he's got terrific. a top three running yeah. back hook. Um, the key for them, Gary, is, you know, we, we talked about this a lot last year. They completely revamped that defense. They had five, six new starters on that defense last year. And you saw through the course of last year, I want to say, Gary, they were like one and six or something when they came to Lambeau on November one last year and beat the Packers. You know, they were off to a one and something start. Maybe they were one and five when they came to Lambeau that day. You could see them trending in the right direction and getting better. Now, again, they, they had a tough loss here. You know, their kicker killed them in, in week two by missing a chippy. I think in that Cardinals game, they, they could easily be two and one right now with Green Bay. They, they may have saved their season, last, you know, last week in that, in that Seattle game when they completely outplayed the Seahawks without Cook. But, Gary, if, if that defense can even get somewhere in the range of 15-ish in terms of, of total and scoring defense, They've got a chance to win 10 games because I, I mean, I'm with you again. Cousins is one of those kind of players. He, he, he they've given them plenty of weapons. They've just got to play. They're not going to play defense like they did during the heyday here of Mike Zimmer in Minnesota. Um, because some of these guys are still young and growing and learning and, and, and let's be honest, not as good. Um, but they're, they're going to be good enough. I think Gary on that side of the ball to challenge for a wild card. Yeah, yeah. By the by the way, did you uh, hear the uh, post game incident uh, after the Vikings uh, Seahawks game? I need you to tell me about it. I only saw your text. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my good friend Chris Thomason, he covers the uh, Vikings for the St. Paul Pioneer Press. Uh, one of the one of the great writers in the country. The guy's won a ton of awards. 
uh, very easygoing guy. And after the game, he asked Mike Zimmer, the Vikings coach, a, a really harmless question about how does it feel to finally beat uh, Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. And Zimmer lost it <laughs> and jumped on Chris. And then he abruptly uh, calls the end of the uh, press conference and walks away. And you have been in a lot of press conferences. I have been in a lot of press conferences. And I, I, I always find these things somewhat humorous. Uh, have you ever been in a situation where a coach or somebody just, you know, put you on the spot like that? I've asked a lot of tough questions, Gary. The, the thing is they, these guys have, have, have had enough PR training now for the most part, you know, not like 40 or 50 years ago, the, the Bart stars or the Ditkas who were, you know, jawing with reporters all the time. They, they just kind of, for the most part now answer what what's asked because they don't want to, they don't want to lead sports center and have some clip go viral. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't think of one Gary where I've seen a coach walking to the exit or a player walking to the exit, but that, that, that's a very funny story you just told. Yeah. You know, it reminds me, uh, this is several years ago, but uh, I, I was critical of a bucks trade and uh, the next morning I get this phone call at seven o'clock, Rob, and I usually sleep until nine 30, 10 o'clock. And it was the, the Bucks GM at the time, and he just went off. I mean, he screamed and screamed. I'm literally holding the phone like three feet from my ear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he finally got done. He goes, I just wanted to let you know how I felt. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the crazy thing is we've become very good friends since then. But, uh, yeah, that, that, there are moments when you have that exchange between the media and, and an official, and uh, Sunday was one of them. That's awesome. No, that's really funny. So, hey, uh, what, one last uh, topic, and we'll, we'll call it a wrap, but uh, your thoughts on the Packers' next game against the Steelers. Uh, I, I saw a little bit of the Steelers uh, Sunday. Ben, ben Roethlisberger doesn't look good at all. He, he looks every bit of his 39 years old, and I think he's got three touchdowns and three interceptions so far this season um he doesn't look good and neither do the Steelers no yeah Gary I watched them in their entirety in week one against Buffalo and I thought maybe we've shoveled dirt on the Steelers too quickly um everybody wanted to bury him after kind of the way they folded last year after their hot start when mm -hmm. they went 11 straight or something to to start the season last year Ben is done I mean, it, he shot Gary. He looks done. It, it, their problems extend way past that, too. The offensive line, which was a disaster last year, they totally tried to overhaul it. That hasn't worked out. They're not blocking well at all. They, they, have, they have an absolutely stud, fantastic, terrific rookie running back from Alabama, you know, in, in, in Harris there, and, and, and they can't get him going whatsoever, Gary. Uh, it, one of the really fascinating things to watch this week is going to be you know, or unbelievably important things to watch is going to be the health of TJ Watt. He didn't, he didn't play there in that, in that week three loss mm -hmm. um, that they had to the Bengals and, and they desperately need him on the field to get after quarterbacks, but he's got that groin. And, and I know those take a while uh, to heal every time TJ Watt comes back or the Packers play Pittsburgh Gary, I, I think everybody in these parts starts to think about the, you know, how close the Packers were to having Watt, back in in that 17 draft and instead Ted took Kevin King um and Kevin King is still here and and Watt is tearing it up on you know on, on the Steelers side I'm I'm always fascinated by, by you know revisionist history and and how things would have went and and things like that Gary but you know that that'll go down as one of, of, of Ted was a great GM Gary that'll go down as one of his biggest mistakes though clearly passing on Watt for um for Kevin King but, uh, you know, on that side of the ball, Gary, Pittsburgh's still really formidable on defense. They're, they're a top 10 defense for sure with Watt. But again, much, much like the Bears that we talked about or Badger football, for example, if they can't get it going on offense, they, they don't have a whole lot, you know, a whole lot of a chance in, in some of these games. And Yeah, I, I got the uh, Packers winning by at least 10 points. Uh, I, I really think they uh, are in the groove already. Uh, what, what's the early racial line? You know, I Gary, I think Green Bay wins semi-handily. It might be close early. Pittsburgh defense is good enough to keep it close. I, I'm going to go 
Gary, like 27, 13, yeah. 27, 16. It's Gary. I just, I don't think Pittsburgh can score enough points to, to hang around in this game. And I, I eventually think, you know, their defense will be on the field just way too long and they'll become gassed a little bit. I, I could see green Bay, you know, having a 10 minute advantage in time of possession, if, if not more. And, you know, I, I, I think it's definitely a two score game, Gary. Yeah, and, and and who knows? Maybe MBS will show up for the second straight week, which he's never done before, right? <laughs> <laughs> wow! I, I'm, I'm not I, the only one. Yeah, I, you know. <laughs> no, I had to get that in. Sorry, you know. <laughs> nice work. But, nice work. Well, Rob, it's uh, been a pleasure, and uh, the pleasure was all yours. <laughs> the pleasure is always all mine Gary you know that by now <laughs> yeah, you, you, you know I'm kidding uh seriously Rob thanks again for your always interesting uh takes and insights and uh thanks to all our listeners take care and all the best for more sports news check back every Tuesday for our latest show you can also follow Gary on Twitter at Gary Whipple and Whipple's Press Box.com. <laughs>